maybe there was something he was seeing, but like I said, his heart rate was so slow and yeah. it, you know, people would say, Oh, well, he's a young guy. He's athletic. Well, I don't know. That's not the deal. You know, yeah. his heart rate's always been 38 to 40, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Sure. And um, so they don't really know. I think that, I think they would end up putting a pacemaker in him and all kind of mm-hmm. other stuff. And yeah, and he did have seizures and he wasn't maybe one or two a year. I mean, we seem to have it under control. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of out of the blue. So I don't, when um, he had his seizures, was he taking like Tegretol or Dilantin? No, he was on uh, Keppra. Okay. Keppra is an old, old, old med, but it's cheap and it is good. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and, it, and it did fine. It worked fine for him. Yeah. Completely fine for him. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, it was just, I mean, he was all happy. He was going to go some... People we yeah. knew were coming in town. They promised him taking to play golf. He was all happy. Just yeah. we were all happy that night, and he just went to bed and didn't wake up the next morning. It was horrible, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I well, you know, he's not up yet. So, and, and that's that happens, and I I don't understand right. why. No. I don't I don't get it. You know, Charlie went to sleep and woke up. I, that, that's another one. Well, people I've been a nurse for so long, people usually die three or four o'clock in the morning. When they their your rhythm gets so low or something, your oxygen levels change and like older people that that's when they usually die is early in the morning in the hospitals and stuff. Yeah. So, that's what happened to my father. Yeah. Sam, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes. I sure can, Sam. Okay, I'm sorry. I guess we're having problems with the camera. But All right, my listen, audio is that, up, so I can okay. see up. Huh? S- Sam, listen to me. It's okay. Okay. It's okay. It's, it's, if you get it working, that's great, but I, uh, we got to go on the air. Okay. It's 7 o'clock. Okay. Yes, sir. I'm ready. Um, yes. So what we're, I'm Hi, going Karen. to do now Hi, is... Hi, honey. Um, how are you? Doing yeah, good. Karen's here. <laughs> Karen's here, of course, you know. Mm-hmm. Hey, it took him an hour to get me on there today. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you I what, we're going we're, we're to open up the show. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to open up the show old school, okay? Yes. So, uh, okay. Right. Now have a moment of silence for a moment. Good evening, everyone. Welcome once again to WWTF Radio. I'm Mad Dog Discipio, joined as I am each and every week by Amelia the Pitbull Chapman tonight. A very somber, very special edition of the Roundtable. Tonight, we pay homage and we say goodbye to our dear friend, Charlie Thunderblood Norris. To help us do that are two people who knew them probably the best mm-hmm. in this entire world. Karen McDaniel, who... Um, who was Charlie's friend, but more so her husband, who was Charlie's mentor. And that went a long way with Charlie. Mm -hmm. And it went a long way with Wahoo McDaniel. Karen, welcome to the show, my dear. Thank you, as always, Angelo. That's welcome. uh, Karen's, uh, she's, I want to say she's like, you know, a part of the furniture here, but yeah, she really is part of our family. I remember. Hey, you put me on the spot several times, so go ahead. 
<laughs> I also got you hooked up with a hell of a book deal, baby. <laughs> yeah, you sure did. You got me the right guy to do it. I will say yes, that. Thank you very much. And joining us as well this evening, Mr. Sam Houston. Sam not only was a lifelong friend of Charlie Norris, but his tag partner in the world of the rapid fire world of pro wrestling. We'll call it that. Sam, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, man. Thank you very much for this opportunity to share with the fans some of the stuff. You know, uh, I, I didn't know, but you know, when you live the life, you think everybody knows what you're doing all the time anyway. You don't think they got to be told, but a lot of people don't know the good things that uh, that Charlie and I did and, and some yeah. of the things that we, we fought against and, and won, you know, mm-hmm. just a lot of good stuff. And Charlie was an amazing man who my mm-hmm. tag team partner for life, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, uh, you know, I just want to go on and honor his name. Well, I appreciate that, Sam. We're going to have a, a, a mm-hmm. lot of storytelling tonight. Um, Karen, uh, how did you come to know Charlie Norris? Well, I knew of Charlie and then he and I would talk a lot over the you know time and uh, he came down to visit after we lost Nolan and. Um, I will say this, and I meant to tell you this, Sam. Zach got real emotional about Charlie dying. Um, he he and Zach hung around my oldest son, the only right. one I had left, um, a little bit here while he was here, and he was very emotional about it. He, he cried to me. He said, "I really hit it up with that guy. I really mm-hmm. felt good with that guy." It was like. And, and to me, that means a lot for him to have somebody that yeah. you know knew the industry, knew the business y'all did, and to feel that warm with him. Actually, he gave him a um, Jets or Dolphins baseball card of his dad's, yeah. and I think that really heartwarmed Charlie a lot. But there was a real connection there, yeah. and it really upset him. He was the kind of guy we, we got to know Charlie in a very different way on this show here. Mm-hmm. One of the things, we had a rule. Mm-hmm. Charlie laid down the law. Here's what he said. I'll do your show, Angelo, anytime you want, but there's one stipulation. Mm-hmm. I will never talk about wrestling. I said, you're in, baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. You're in. Yep. But, you know, we did, look, everybody knows uh, our, our show, Wrestling with the Future. Mm-hmm. And yes. it's a part of history now. But yeah, we converted okay. Wrestling with the Future into the WWTF radio network. Mm-hmm. So we kept our initials and we kept our name. One of the things that uh, that I never did was I never had Charlie on Wrestling with the Future as a guest. And perhaps we're, that might be... Go ahead, Karen. Weren't we on with you one time? And it was Wrestling with the Future, me and you and Charlie? It was you and I. Charlie wasn't on it. Okay, okay, okay. No, it was you and I and John, uh, John Costa. Okay, that's right. I'm sorry. I'm Charlie, sorry. Yeah, Charlie John. used to like to do uh, subtle things, mm-hmm. you know, to make a point. Yeah. And I'm thinking that him not wanting to discuss wrestling business or anything like that, he wanted to focus his attention on the issues that mean the most to him today. Like, you yeah. know. Our elderly, our families, our children. Look at the all the stuff that's going on. I know he was a big advocate mm-hmm. um, uh, about about all the fentanyl and all that stuff mm-hmm. coming in and how it was killing all the kids and stuff. Oh yeah. So Kim oh, and we I spoke about that too, Sam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kim we and sure I. Did. Well, uh, when when we made our trip up to Minnesota and everything, I reconnected with a whole lot of family, a whole lot of friends. You know, his family is my family too. Absolutely. I was adopted into his family yeah. into the nineties. Well, uh, two boys that we trained back then were uh, they were brothers. They were Mike and Robbie Thunder, and together we were called Thunder Nation. So we're getting ready to uh, kick off a Thunder Nation Foundation to look after the elderly, the veterans of foreign wars, the VFW, and uh, and have a positive message, you know, and a, maybe a go-to thing for, for kids that are coming uh-huh. up and get confused or get lost along the way. Yeah. You know, that's what happens is deception steps in 
and takes what you're focused on away and now you're on another trail, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I know these things worried him and I know these things were something that he would like to continue and I'm, I'm, we're going to do it. Amelia, I, think, yes. I introduced Charlie to you. Um, he took to you right away. Mm-hmm. You and Charlie had a very special relationship. Give me um, you know, a couple of bullet points, your relationship with Charlie Thunderblade. Um, we would just, you know, talk about, you know, his, he would love to be around kids. He liked to be their mentor. And also just, you know, he told me one time, he says, uh, just make sure that when we talk, you will message me on Facebook or because I want to learn how to use this damn phone. Because <laughs> he, <said, laughs> he said, I do not know how to use the technology, but, yeah. um, and then he like, sent you, if I'm not mistaken, Amelia, he sent you. Mm-hmm. An interesting cartoon picture. Yes. Tell everybody about that. Yeah, he said uh, this uh, young this person out of the blue just sent me this really nice cartoon that uh, of me, and uh, he was a real big fan of mine. And he said, uh, "I just love this cartoon, and I want to make this into a T-shirt." I was just so excited. I can't believe this. Yeah. Can you look at this? And I said, "Oh my god, I love this." And I well, said, maybe I'll get this. some. I'm thinking about getting some of those made, taking mm-hmm. them up to the powwow up there in yes. uh, July. Mm-hmm. Sam, do you have do you have that photo, Sam? The picture of the. Uh, what it's on my phone about? now. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Pitbull sent it to me a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. So we're oh, beautiful. With it. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. You know? yes. Yeah, because uh, we were talking about that. I said we got to make this happen for Charlie. Yes, we got to get these shirts made. Yeah, he wanted to make that into a T-shirt so badly. Oh, we're going to. Yeah. We're going to take care of that. We've got oh, a guy Sam, already. Sam says he'll do it. They'll mm-hmm. do it. Yeah, yeah it's gonna happen. Yeah, because he said, I'm gonna send you a t shirt. I said, I hope yeah. so. You better send me that t shirt. I want to <laughs> surprise you guys, you know, Karen and Sam. There's yes. one thing besides the you know social issues mm-hmm. that that Sam I'm, I'm, that the Charlie loved to talk about, and it may surprise you greatly. Mm-hmm. He loved coming on this show to talk about conspiracy theories, yes, oh, and yeah. Bigfoot. <laughs> And mm-hmm. UFOs, mm-hmm. and is there a secret government? Yeah. And yes, uh, you know, yes. if, if you look at the scoreboard right now, it's conspiracy uh, theory mm-hmm. 17. Yes. Uh, you know, what they've told us mainstream media is mm-hmm. zero. Yeah, yeah, he loved that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. We have the in fact, it's funny, I'm, Amelia. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to say nothing, I want you to tell the story. The About- night that we did. Uh-huh. The UFO show when he was driving. You t- tell yeah. everybody what the hell happened. <laughs> he was driving and then he's like, okay, look, he goes, I'm, I, I'm getting home. He goes, I, he just stopped at the store to get some cigarettes. He goes, I'm going to go home right now. And uh, as soon as I get home, I'm going to plug in my phone and I will, I promise I will be uh, right back in and joining in the studio. <laughs> you gave them the PG version. Give them the Charlie version. <laughs> The Charlie version was I don't know how to work this fucking thing I want to get home I'm going to figure it out and I'm and I might be back on. Well, he never did show he up. Goes, I'll be night. right. He, no, he said I'll be fucking back on. I'll be fuck, yes, that's what he said. That's why I said don't give them the PG version. Give them the Charlie version. Yeah. Well, you got to remember, man. We're we're uh, we're old athletes, you know, and uh, yeah. you know, a computer in the palm of your hand. That's, mm-hmm. We've been hitting the head with a lot of steel chairs. <laughs> well, he always you know? said he never Absolutely. liked me to curse. Remember. <laughs> Sam, uh, how did you and and Charlie Norris, oh, Thunderblood, how did you and he connect? How long ago were your friends first? Well, Uh, here's what happened. Um, You know, I I guess, you know, he he had trained under Eddie Sharkey and those guys Mm -hmm. were there up in Minneapolis. And I was working for Vince at the time. And we did a TV taping in Savannah, Georgia. And they had brought Charlie in for his tryout. And uh, uh, guess who he had to wrestle? Me. You. <laughs> yeah. So, first yep. of all, I, I know his feet were killing him because uh, he didn't have, he had moccasins and they uh-huh. gave him Jay Strongbow's old wrestling boots with the fringe on them. Oh, my God. Size 12 or so. Uh-huh. And Charlie wore a 14 or, you know. 
Yeah. And so his toes were all cramped up and the whole nine yards. And he was nervous. Well, anyway, he buried his thumb about knuckle deep into my eye. Oh. You know? Oh. So when that happened, well, sure enough, I've got to protect myself and go ahead and get on out of here and save this thing. So I took it home. And yeah. uh, he come back and he was so apologetic. Well, he made such a big fuss. Of, I wasn't saying anything. He made yeah. such a big fuss about being apologetic mm-hmm. that a couple of the road agents saw it. And yeah. then they must have thought, okay, he, this guy's not careful or something. Yeah. So that's the last I saw of him. And then, uh, you know, I, I kept, uh, I wrestled for uh, Vince and then uh, my contract ended up. I, I left them in 91, went back to WCW, wrestled there. I had some happen, stuff happen in my life with my family, my wife, you know, split up, break up in my marriage. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, three months after the breakup, uh, I was wrestling one man gang in uh, Roanoke, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Sullivan was his manager. I don't know if it was one man gang's club and forearm or Sullivan with the tire iron. But along the way, I ended up with uh, three blown discs in my neck. Oh. I woke up the next morning. I was partially paralyzed on my, the left side of my body. My life was in shambles. Anyway, I go out to L.A. Uh, I, this doctor looked at me, Dr. Irving Schaffner took my case and he, he worked on me from seven 30 in the morning till two in the afternoon, five days a week, you know, all these things and got me back on my feet in nine months. Well, the Northridge earthquake hit and I re-injured myself knocking doors down, getting people out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so we, uh, I'm down for another six months. Well, I, Dr. Shafter got me on my feet again. I flew out, fly out to Atlanta to visit my dad. He was working for WCW. Yeah. I get there. I see my dad, you know, and I go to the TV taping with him that night. Well, my dad was back in the back and I was uh, by the, uh, just talking to all the boys, you know, my career was over and uh, I'm just talking with the boys and stuff. And Dusty come up to me and he told me, he said, you need to get your dad to the hospital now. Something's wrong. Yeah. So I took my dad to the hospital and his, st- his uh, stomach had shut down. Mm. So they ended up having to do emergency surgery, remove his stomach, replace it with part of his, make a new stomach out of part of his large intestine. Yeah. Well, staph infection set in. Oh God! Oh. And when the staph infection set in, when it when it geysered out, I was right there. Well, I had the doctor show me how to do everything, how to clean mm-hmm. the wound. I could stick my finger probably about three inches down inside his guts, mm-hmm. and the incision was nine inches. It was huge, and they said, but they called it a superficial wound. So I was bringing yeah. my dad back to the hotel because mm-hmm. we lived there at that hotel, the Ramada Inn. Oh. And as I'm bringing my dad in, he wanted to stop at the front desk and get his mail. Mm-hmm. So we're walking in the front desk, and here's this big Indian dude, <laughs> six six, two ninety five. I mean, just big. And as we walk in, he goes, "Sam Houston." I said, "Yeah." He goes, "You remember me?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> he said, "You whipped my ass at my <laughs> New York tryout about four years ago." <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, this guy, he oh, he wants to fight. And I, you know, so I'm sitting my dad at the front desk, and Charlie instead helped me take my dad to the front, I mean to his room. He helped me change the, the wadding. My dad wouldn't take anything for pain. He helped me. Mm. He held my dad down where I could put that caldestat, mm. you know, what they use for yeah. wounds and stuff. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh then after after we did that, we went back to the bar. And uh, we had a couple of drinks and he told me that he had signed a contract at the power plant and he told me about what was going on over there. And I'm like, I'm thinking, well, so that's no way to train somebody, you know, because when I broke in, I mean, I got in the ring twice. Yeah. And then after that, I, you know, Mm -hmm. so I'm thinking to myself, this is stupid. So I went the next day and we got in the ring and we blew, blew everybody away. Mm -hmm. So as long as I was there, um, everything was cool with him. So I started working out every day. Well, three months later, he got me, he told me, he said, man, he goes, I'm giving you everything I got when we get out there. He said, I can't do nothing with you. He said, I can't do uh, uh, nothing with you, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, 
and I told you, I told him my career was over. I said, you know, I would consider if it was in tag matches. You know, Sam, I, I, I have a, um, I have a piece of film here. I don't know if you'll be able to see it. I, I hope you will. But I have a, a piece of film here. This is Charlie Norris's television debut in oh, WC, wow. WCW. <laughs> oh, cool. Take a look <laughs> at this. Welcome back to the main event here on TBS. I am standing here with one of the hottest newcomers in WCW in a long, long time. Native American Charlie Norris. Charlie, welcome. What are your plans, my man? Michael PSAs, thank you very much. I'm fired up. I'm in WCW, the number one wrestling organization in the world, and I'm ready to go. I'm going to chop my way to the top. I'm going to go out here. I'm going to take care of business tonight, Michael Hayes, and I'm going to soar like an eagle. All right, brother. Well, I'll tell you what. When you talk about chopping to the top, a lot of us Braves fans could really relate. Speaking about relating, check out the Z20. That was that's Charlie's cool. television debut on WCW. Oh, wow. wow, that's cool. So, <laughs> oh, well, Charlie cool. helped me with much <laughs> help right. my dad. I'm sorry. He helped me with my dad. Well, after three months, he's, he said, you need to be in a tag. All right, instead of doing it in a tag situation, he said, well, what about your brother, Jake? And I said, Jake would feed me to the wolves. And then we talked about it. And he said, I'll do it. And I said, Charlie, I got to know that if something happens to me, that you're going to come in the ring and kill everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and he said he'd do it. And you know what? That just about happened in Dallas. Uh, uh, we beat up a team so bad that they threw oh, all their Sam, gear hold away. On. Sam, uh, <laughs> oh, hold on, Sam. I know that story. Before you tell it, let me warn anybody watching, remove the small children from the room. <laughs> Go ahead, Sam. <laughs> no, it wasn't that bad. Anyway, uh, I, I guess Booker T and Ahmed Johnson had a school in uh, Houston a while back. And they trained these big guys. <laughs> and these two big guys were just almost as big as Booker T and Ahmed in the whole nine yards. Well, they sent them up to the Sportatorium to work a TV taping. And I'm not sure if these guys were ready, but they're, they're in the office and they're, they're telling it. They're dressed like uh, gang, you know, scary dudes, gang members mm -hmm. and stuff. And one of them's got a great big weed leaf on his shirt, which is cool. You know, but he's got the weed and he's like, but he's telling the TV producer he's going to portray a positive role model for children with a bandana tied back. You know, I'm sitting here. Oh anyway, so we go out there, they got to wrestle us. So we're going out, we go out there and we, it's a TV tape and then you're giving it all you got and everything else. Well, I ended up a bulldog to one guy, but when a bulldog, I don't know how it happened, but I ended up about three quarters of the way out of the ring and I'm, I'm stuck, I'm trapped. So I'm trying to get out of there. And Charlie, when he saw the collision, he knew I was hurt. Oh. And right away, he knew exactly what I wanted to. You know, and when I come up, I holler, give me the boot. Because that was the first thing I taught him in uh, WCW. He needed something devastating, so I taught him that big kick. Yeah. Anyway, Charlie kicked that guy. Now, when you're thinking about, you know, the ring, that sportatorium ring was 20, 20 by 20. But when you go diagonally, it's more like 22 feet, you know? Yeah. Charlie kicked that fella on our side of the ring he flew all the way over <laughs> to the other side, hit, and then slid underneath, and his head hit the ring post. Oh, oh God. So God. I had to grab his, grab him by the feet and then pull him back in the ring and cover yeah. him. One, two, three, it's over. Me and Charlie yeah. get out of the ring. We go back, and we shower, and we're in our dressing room just, you know, having, you know, doing what the boys do, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So now we're uh, we're all cleaned up. Now it's time to go get paid and get out of there. So we yeah. walk through the little maze at the sportatorium and get to the office, and the lady gives us our money and stuff, and she asks if we know where them uh, other guys are. And we were what other guys? Well, the two guys y'all wrestled. And I said no. He she said all I know is a cab pulled up. Uh, <laughs> and they didn't get to pick up their money. And me and Charlie are just kind of looking at each other, don't know what's going on as we're walking back through that maze. And all of a sudden we hear Sputnik Monroe's son, Bubba Monroe, the Cajun brawler who passed not too long ago also, 
Uh, he was one of the best workers in the business, too, that never got a shot. But he said, he goes, oh, Lord, look here, my God. All this brand-new wrestling gear. He had two brand-new pair of boots, two pairs of knee pads, all that stuff. Those guys had come out of the ring, threw all their gear away, got a cab, and went back to the airport and got out of the business for good. Didn't he take your stuff, your stuff or anything? Uh-huh. They didn't take their stuff. Their, no, their but that's gear. why Bubba Monroe was happy. He was in heaven. Yeah, that's why I know, I know that story. They left the building. They left their money behind. They yeah. left their gear behind. They left everything behind. They got in a cab and took off. Oh, yeah. them away. They did. Oh no, they got the hell out of Dodge. Oh, Sam, yeah. talk about the sportatorium a minute. They tell me that the ring there was permanently mm-hmm. cemented in place. Is that it true? It wasn't cemented. Yeah. The, the posts were driven into the ground. Matter of fact, I have it. Well, I can't show you the picture, but I have it on the wall here. I'm the last human being ever to stand in the original sportatorium ring. Because I'm the guy that tore it down for CWA to come in and put a concrete floor on and put a movable ring. But that ring used to be the stage for Elvis Presley and Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson down with the with the lose. I mean, with the oh gosh, the hayrides and and the and the country music shows that Mm -hmm. that were there. But those posts were okay. There was underneath the ring. You know, there it was on the outside. There was uh, uh, oh gosh, wood flooring. Mm-hmm. Underneath mm-hmm. the ring was a drop-off. You had four posts, and they there was like a six-foot drop-off to hard dirt again, and the posts were driven six feet into the ground after that. So those posts wow. were like damn near 30 feet long. Mm-hmm. That's Lord. what I heard. That was well, crazy. I wish, um, Angela, I wish you could see Sam because he has such a nice setup that he does these things on. I don't know if you talked to him before, but and you can't get him to shut up either. He's just like you. <laughs> <laughs> she knows you very well. I love you too, Karen. <laughs> well, that, no, that's a good thing. Amelia, when I've been yeah. on here before, I've had to tell him, shut up, Angelo. You keep interrupting. <laughs> I love her already. <laughs> oh, Karen's the greatest. You know, she's part of the family, too. There's part, I guess, you know, in, in the wrestling business, you know, when people connect like we do, mm-hmm. they become family. It's a stronger yeah. bond than mm-hmm. a cousin or something like that. It is. You know, and, and Karen's part of that, that big family, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Sam uh, Karen has who, never uh, said. Since I was four years old. You know, he's still, he was still, until well, the last time I saw him, he probably still asked me for the 15 cents change on the soda pop from when I was four years old. Yeah, but I it heard that play, story. It, the best you ass whipping, can, can I tell you, the best ass whipping or the funniest, okay, this was a rib I pulled. <laughs> I suffered the brunt of it, but it was so worth it. Okay, I rode to the matches in Spartanburg, South Carolina with Brian Adias. Jim Crockett had just turned Wahoo and made him Tully's tag team partner. Oh, God. So we get there for the TV taping, and me and Brian mm-hmm. Adias have to work with Wahoo and Tully. <laughs> Wahoo was an avid golfer. I mean, he golfed with the best in the world. Yeah. Well, when I got in the car with Brian Adias, he hit the trunk button. I see a set of golf clubs. I throw my Halliburton wrestling bag on, you know, and I close it. Now, I don't mess up the clubs or nothing like that. But anyway, we're getting back. So as we're going to the ring, there's two dressing rooms and one hallway, and then you go out the door. So me and Brian are walking to the ring, and Wahoo and Tully are waiting on us to go because they get the big entrance. As we're going, I stopped and I said, hey, Chief, I'm really sorry about that nine iron. I'm going to get it straightened out for you. And I went on to the <laughs> ring. And that man did that walk. I, I saw the shaking in his ankles. That man chopped me to death, beat my ass. And every time he hit me, he was giving me everything. And I, but it was just I was laughing so hard and bouncing up. And taking another one, you know. <laughs> but finally, I told him, you know, he's like, a good kid. But you know, when the, when it really came down to it, he had my back when uh, Mosca, star- Angelo Mosca, started wrestling with me and stuff. 
Wahoo yeah. wasn't going to let that stand. And I got to pull my rib on Mosca, and Mosca <laughs> conceded and put the young kid over. Mm-hmm. Sam, well, do you know anything about it? You're talking about a rib here. You reminded me of a story I heard a long time ago. Do you know anything about Wahoo taking a, a, a bear or some bear fur? You know what I'm talking about? Or, or a deer? Maybe it was a deer. Um. Oh man! No, um, I, I don't. That doesn't bring back any memories. <laughs> I'm not saying it didn't happen because that was, was something okay. about. He talked uh, us out of a. He talked us out of a speeding ticket. No, a running red light <laughs> ticket uh, to a cop. That that we run the red light, and we'd been drinking the whole nine yards. And he told the cop that he had the uh, red light hung too high. <laughs> It was a town's fault. <laughs> then we signed a couple oh, autograph pictures and we went on the road. Oh, that would be funny. Uh, Karen, did, did Wahoo ever tell you a story about him taking a, a dead deer and putting it in the dressing room at one of the arenas? That's no. the story I'm, I'm referring to. No, uh, I don't recall. I, now, I know the Freebirds put a, a dead possum in Buddy Roberts' wrestling bag. Oh. He had three oh, days shit. off. I wouldn't be surprised oh, if you guys home, did on the road. He dropped his wrestling bag off in the spare room. When he hit the road three days later, he brought it, got in the dressing room in New Orleans, unzipped the bag, and everybody threw up. Oh, oh God. So, Karen, let me bring you into the conversation over here. Um, so, we're talking about a guy who touched a lot of people's lives in some very great and profound ways. He was always a gentleman, always kind, funny as shit. Charlie was a funny guy. Oh, yeah. Guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. We he always a funny, had a blast. funny guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had, he had a real unique sense of loyalty. He was incredibly loyal to people. Karen, can you explain that loyalty to me? And why doesn't it exist anymore? I don't know why it doesn't exist anymore. I think it's their people. I think they're brought up that way or something like that. Because Wahoo, and, and Sam can tell you this, it, he didn't like people treating people bad. He didn't mm-hmm. want anybody to be the underdog. And he'd beat the shit out of you if you ever treated anybody bad. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the way they're brought up. I really think it has something to do with their culture, you know. And um, well, well, let's Sam, is there, is there something to that, Sam? Well, I, I think that has, you know, the respect thing that does. And, and, you know, and you respect other people, you know, and you treat them the way you want to be treated. But, yeah, Charlie always stood up for the underdog, especially if he knew that underdog was right. You know, I mean, yeah, uh, but there was a real love with Charlie and you could feel it. Um, yeah, you could. Yeah. Our relationship. I, I think one of the things about uh, us being a tag team is the people knew that we cared for what, you know, one another, what was going on. And he yeah. was there for me and I was there for him. It was something that came to me the other day in a dream. We are each other, you know, yeah. um, and, you know, and, but he, he has feelings and he's real He's a genuine person. He's not a character and he's not a gimmick. He's a That's real important. Person. Thank you, Sam. Mm-hmm. Thank you so, so much for pointing that out. Mm-hmm. Charlie yeah. wasn't a gimmick. Charlie was what you saw is what you got. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, um, that's Absolutely. Amelia, I'm going to mm-hmm. do something that's going to make Karen very, very happy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to shut up and turn it over to you. <laughs> Yes, and I know exactly because anytime I'd ask him or we'd ask him say, would you be on our show? We're going to be doing no matter what the subject was. uh, I'd ask him say, would you be on our show? You know, this is so and so date. He always say yes. He would never never told us no. Never told us no. Who else never told us no? No. Sam Houston and Karen Mm -hmm. McDaniel never told us no. Absolutely. Can I can I can I expand on that just a little bit? Absolutely, yeah. my friend. Okay. You got uh, all we got all night. Charlie and I talked about this a lot. You know, we wrestled. I, I you know, we didn't get all the stuff that the guys are getting now or anything mm-hmm. like that. And and we were on the independent circuit after he left WCW and the whole nine yards. We just didn't get the breaks. But what we did get was we did get to go around the world. 
six mm-hmm. times together. You know, we went to Japan five times, went to New Guinea. We were almost eaten by mm-hmm. cannibals. I mean, how many people can write that down? So we've got <laughs> one hell of a soapbox. <laughs> we've got one hell of a soapbox to mm-hmm. stand on, not to preach, but to share. Right. You know? But you also wrestled when wrestling was wrestling. Because we had, we had problems in our life mm-hmm. was as long as you have hope, you yes. have something to fight for. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And you just got to find that hope in yourself. And it was up to us to want to be able to use what we've done in the professional wrestling world to give us that soapbox to stand on so we can reach people's lives in a positive way for the future. Mm-hmm. And that's what we were trying to do. Oh, yes. Well, I think that's what you have done. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've seen you all through the years, and I think you certainly modeled yourself that way. Yes. Well, I think they broke the mold before they modeled me. Yeah, but you modeled yourself on out to be a pretty but great you, guy. You know what well, a lot of it has so to that do. Means so much to me. I was I, I, I was listening and I wasn't listening to it. Kim was uh, uh, a podcast the other day and and, and I, I you know that people just wanting to attack my family or, or what have you. Yeah. Um, I can't speak for everybody. I can only speak for me. I'm in a great place. I'm blessed. I love mm-hmm. where I'm at. I love my life. I love the positive impact. Uh, that I'm able to give to people and bring to people mm-hmm. and I cherish the relationships and I cherish the time I've got to spend with people. Even Good. those I've lost, I get to cherish their memories. Mm-hmm. I get to hold Absolutely. them right here in my heart, yes. you know? And that's why we do what we do here. Yes. One of the things we never want to do yeah. is lose sight of the sacrifices that people made, the memories people made with us. And with uh-huh. each other. Yes. Well, yeah. let, me, let, me, let me expound a little bit more on when I, our trip to Minnesota, just just for the fans and stuff like that, because I want sure. everybody to know. Uh-huh. Now, this uh, was for the service. After. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. When I got the phone call, I got the phone call and right away, uh, Kim started working. She cleared her schedule so we could take off. We left out the next uh, next day. Uh, and I drove straight through or we drove straight through. Uh, my poor, my poor wife. I had to take a t- let her take over for me. It was a twenty-three and a half hour drive, so mm-hmm. I let her take over for me at like four o'clock in the morning, knowing I'm going to take back over. Uh, but anyway, she missed the last exit before she entered the hell that is Chicago. Mm-hmm. Oh, so she, she, this oh, North yeah, Carolina yeah. girl had to drive through Chicago uh, <laughs> nine o'clock early morning traffic. It took oh. us two and a half hours to get through it, bumper to bumper. It was horrible. Oh, but, uh, bl- God bless her. She's a trooper. We got up there, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, Charlie and I were closer than brothers, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said, we we were each other, and uh, and his family had left everything there for me to go through is my responsibility to go through his things and to give, uh, to give, you know, make gifts to where he, I know he wanted things to go. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was able to share that with people, but in going through his things, you know, and Charlie had been, uh, he had problems with, with health issues and everything else, blood clots. Uh, he had pain issues. He had, um, when Va- he worked against Vader and it blew his back out, he had a bulging disc in his lower back. You know, I'm surprised he could even get around as good as he did. But when I got there, and and it was like I guess what everybody was so scared of. And I, I was in there, and I found, I, you know, I, I found some found some stuff he had. Uh, it was, one was a VHS tape of my dad wrestling. I found his oh. eagle feather. Mm-hmm. I found his medicine bag. And then I found his, uh, his, his, the bag with all of his medications and I was so scared, but I went through and I counted everything. I looked at all the dates. He was not misusing his medications. Um, and from everything that I saw, he, the, he stroked out, he, the blood clots and everything just stroked him out and, and took him and it breaks my heart. But, um, I'm just so ha- I'm I'm not happy. I, I, I'm I'm relieved 
that it wasn't by his own hand. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Um, and and yeah. And me finding all that stuff, uh, it, that was his way of letting me know. You know. And then he played ribs on us, uh, trying to uh, carry the casket to the grave. It had rained, so he had us all slipping and falling and taking oh bumps God. and everything. So I <laughs> knew he was loving that. <laughs> Uh -huh. Oh my but, God! So they, it was a beautiful. It was a hard, very hard experience for me. Yeah. Uh, it was very beautiful. I know my, pre my I know my partner was. Uh, as soon as the lights went out, I know he was in the presence of the Lord. I know he went on his journey, and I know he's safely on the uh -huh. other side. Absolutely. Amen. Yeah. Let's take. I a know look his at mother the, uh, took it hard. I know yes. his mother had to take it. They were close. Yeah, they were very close. Very absolutely. And we'll keep going on, you know. So yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's take a look at this uh, uh, little pictorial tribute we put together here. Okay. This, uh, Amelia, you did a remarkable, remarkable job with this. Thank you. That's that is beautiful. awesome. Yeah. Hey, that one black and white picture like that. <laughs> I love that picture, and I've always wanted to do something with that one, too. If you could yeah. send me a good picture with that one, I'd like to do something with that, too. The one where he's got his war club in the ring. Oh, yeah. Like mm -hmm. That says WCW on it. That one. That one? No, no, no. The other one. He's on one knee. I think it's going to be right around here. Hold on a second. I'll find it. There There's it that is. One. That that, one. You want that one, Sam? Yeah, that's, I have that. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. that's the one. You know, I will send that to you. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I you think I sent it to you. Mm -hmm. I think that to me, and I sent it to you. I'm not sure, but mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. Uh, I think, actually, you did that, Karen. You sent that yeah. one, and you sent yeah. the... Mm -hmm. um, the WCW uh, yeah. headshot. Yeah. Hey, I was going to tell you something else, and this doesn't happen, but you know those those Rocky moments or those unforgettable moments mm -hmm. that you have in the ring. Well, we had so many of them, uh, because the people were just so involved and everything. I can't tell you; it's probably about seven or eight times that after we won or a big match or something like that. The ring filled up with just kids from everywhere, you know. In Gainesville, Texas, in Gainesville, Texas, we made the front page of the newspaper. There, mm -hmm. was, there were so many people in the ring that we were trying to get people out of the ring because we were scared the ring was going to buckle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yep. you know, it, but those are those moments that, that you get. I mean, uh, Charlie and I. One of the things that we used to do is go to the the children's hospital in, in Dallas, and we got it to where. They could bring some of the disabled kids, you know, because yeah. at the sportatorium, mm -hmm. they had those little box yeah. sections, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. with the, made out of like iron tubing or like, like uh, uh, at a, uh, oh gosh, a cattle auction, mm -hmm. you know, so they had little boxes like that. So we moved all the chairs out. They had like the tall bar seats there. We had to move the chairs out on one side. That way they could bring hospital beds in. And yeah. stuff for the kids that don't get to skate. We used to do a lot of things like that. Sam, uh, how is Charlie going to be remembered, in your opinion? By those that know him, they'll hold him in the highest regard. By those that want to uh, belittle him and fit, make, try to put the, like to put somebody down and make themselves feel bit bigger or something like that, they're going to attack. You know, um, that's the business, though, Angela. Yeah. That's just the business. I hate to say yeah. it, but it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, Karen, you know, you've known him as well. So, yes. in your in your estimation, in your opinion, how do you think history will remember him? As a big damn Indian, for one thing, yeah. <laughs> he was the tallest. He was the tallest real Indian that I ever ever saw. And secondly, there were only two real Indians anyway. Mm. 
in yeah, the business that I know of. Him and Wahoo McDaniel. And Wahoo, that was it. Yes. But yeah. no, I think he'll be remembered as kind-hearted, just as Sam said. They, they He mm -hmm. would be the person who would go to make sure the little children got taken care of. I know they sent, they had a renegade. They both had, they were tag team as the renegades, Sam yeah. and, mm -hmm. and Charlie. And they sent, I mean, they couldn't, as soon as Nolan saw Sam, he just ooey gooed all over him. I wish Charlie had had a chance to meet him well, too. Kind of but they just have that nature. Have? What? Uh, let's talk about that. How it affected your family directly. What kind of uh, real impact did Charlie have on on your family, on the, the kids? Well, he only got to meet uh, Zach. And as I told you, Zach was overwhelmed with grief. I mean, really. Right. And yeah. it really yeah. upset him because he just, and and Nolan did not get to meet him, but he knew he knew Charlie. And he talked, he talked to Nolan on FaceTime a bunch of times. So mm -hmm. he did know him that way. But he, he was the kind of person that would take time with somebody like Nolan, you know? Yeah. Not, you know, just, he would take time and take the effort and the, you know, all of that. I, I, anybody that does that, once you have a child that has some delays or has something, and people mm -hmm. find it in their heart to take time with them, you look at that person as a different person. I'll just say that. Mm -hmm. You look at that person as someone who's caring and and yeah. individualized and and in their lives and, and certainly in mine. So, I mean, I can't say more. And Amelia. For me, I'd like to say that he gave me my career back. My career was over, you know, yeah. but look at all. I, I, I mean, I went back to work in 94 and, you know, was going to given a contractor from uh, Jim Barnett with WCW and my dad's my own dad stabbed me in the back. So I blew the contract off and went out to L.A. when Charlie was done with his stuff. Then we got together and we started tagging. And we did we did really well for ourselves, you know, and yeah. we had a blast doing it, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it's big and fun and, you know, everything. You'll hear a lot of stories about Sam and Charlie, but you'll never hear a story how we went out of our way to hurt somebody right. or we went or, or we did anything to, to harm anyone at all. Now, and there's that times that we had to, when you got to stand up and you got to take matters. There's a couple of times that we did take matters, but we were always in the right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That that yeah. says something too. That really says yeah. something about them too. If they can go out and people say, well, they always treated me good or they always were, you know, da, da, da. That means a lot. Sam, when did you and Charlie return um, to work for PWA? Oh gosh. That was in the nineties sometimes. Like uh, it, would, it would be right around if I say 93 or 94, maybe 93, 94. Yeah, because we when we got together, we did some shows in uh Minnesota. I think Mitch Karch was one of the promoters, uh, but we did some stuff with Eddie Sharkey, and then we we did some things on the reservations up there. Uh, and, and gosh, uh we, I mean, the talent that we wrestled, we were wrestling Nails and One Man Gang and The Hater and uh, uh, yeah. the uh, Wayne, Wayne the Train Bloom and his tag team. I mean, the talent was was uh, unreal at the time. That you know, the, what we what was available. We had King Kong Bundy on our shows and stuff like that. So we brought good talent in when we did something. But yeah. so many times because of the, the connection was there between us and the people, riots started. You know, uh, there was a riot in the Red Lake Reservation. There was a riot in Bemidji. We had a riot in uh, Wisconsin, I think, uh, what the uh, Indian Casino there. Um, I, I mean, it used to follow us around sometimes. We, yeah. And our big thing was try to get the other guys out of here. They're going to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't want to get y'all get hurt. <laughs> you know, no, no. I'll tell he you told, what. He um, told me about y'all having big shows up there. Oh, we had, yeah. Really we, big shows We brought money in. You know, and, and Charlie, you know, he always took care of the midgets. <laughs> you know, yeah. he always brought the midgets yeah. in. You know, mm -hmm. not just not because he wanted them on the, you know, not because it was, but it was to help them guys out because yeah. they don't get yeah. to work all the time. No, yeah, you know, 
So we would always uh, uh, bring the midgets up and then uh, one man, like I said, one man gang or nails or Nord or whoever, you know, uh, we worked with a lot of great talent up in Minneapolis area. In that side, but yeah. all the areas we went to, we worked worked with some good people. Well, as we uh, close out this tribute to Charlie Thunderblood Norris, Amelia and I have issued a joint statement. Let me read it to everyone. We mm-hmm. put this out. It's with a heavy heart that we yet again do another wrestling tribute show. We lost another of our dear friends from the world of pro wrestling, and this one hit real close to home. Our friend and frequent guest, Charlie Norris. To his family and friends, all I can say is that words fail me at this time. But in your time of loss and grief, let let us be clear. If there is anything, and I mean if there is anything Amelia and I and this show can do to help ease your grief, say the word and it's done. Yes. Absolutely, we will take care of whatever you need us to do. Absolutely. Um, we will do what we have to do, what we need to do, what's required of us to do to carry on Charlie's legacy. Thank you. And so yeah. if there's anything that we can do for his family, his immediate family, for his uh-huh. mom, who he spoke of with glowing oh, love yeah. on this show, always, um, please let us know and we will help in any way we can. Uh-huh. So... Um, Amelia, that's uh, that. There you go. I read it for the whole world. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to give you because you and Charlie were very, very close. I'm going to give you the last word on this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to let you close the show out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, yeah, like I said, he's always going to be forever in our hearts, and never will he be forgotten to anyone. And uh, he was always to me. He was a big teddy bear, <laughs> conspiracy theorist teddy bear, and. Um, like I said, they'll never be forgotten. Uh-huh. Absolutely not. Charlie, fly with Thank the eagles, you. brother. We, we love, love you, man. And we miss you. Like he did this to me. <laughs> Thank you. On, on behalf of Wrestling with the Future Radio Network, WWTF Radio, on behalf of What's the Buzz podcast, our hearts go out to the Norris family. This one's for Charlie.